Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is real estate. He's involved in real estate and an entrepreneur, Mr. Phil Watson. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, you know, first things first, man, congratulations on everything you're doing, man. You know, we grew up, you know, you my family. So just seeing my little cousin, well, not little, but my younger cousin doing so many great things, man. It's just been a pleasure watching you grow. Man, I appreciate you saying that, man. Just uh, like I told you before, just being able to look up to big cousins like you, bro, that are doing things out here like this podcast and others is just, it's inspiring. So I'm glad, I'm glad to be invited. Man, thank you. Now, how did you get involved in real estate? Um, Well, we have, you know, family in real estate and I have friends and cousins uh, that do real estate. And I've always watched them really closely. So I've always wanted to get into it. But my first actual um, deal was when I bought my house. I told my real estate agent when I was 27, I said, I want to buy a house, but it has to have a second unit in it. Because I knew living in D.C., you can make so much money written property. And I just knew from the very beginning that's what I wanted to do. So that's that was my first step. I bought a two-unit building in Northeast D.C. and um, kind of hit the ground running from there. So, so even though this was your first home, it never really, it wasn't like a sentimental thing like, oh, I want to be in my own space. I want to be by myself. No, no, actually. I actually moved into it a year or so after I bought it um, because there were some legal things with um, needing to live in the property that I wasn't aware of. But outside of that, no, I, I bought it as a two unit and I was going to rent it out completely. And I did so. Um, and it's it's been, it's been really good. I, I know that... Uh, I can move into it at any time, but I, I, I just knew that investing in real estate and um, getting this under my belt would be uh, really good. So that's why I made that decision. So it took you, you actually had the property a year before you even moved into it. Well, it's two reasons why. First of all, I'm from, I'm from Maryland where we got um, like yards and people don't walk <laughs> up to your house. <laughs> DC Northeast is a totally different place. And I came over a couple nights and I was like, nah, not yet. I'm not ready. So, uh, I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't a terrible area. It's just, it's just different. I don't know if you, you know, it's just Northeast DC. I'm right off of Benning Road in DC. It's a different type of place than Upper Marlboro. Oh yeah. (laughs) So for that reason, plus I was, I was in it to make money. I was like, yeah, let me, let me stay over here for a few, few months to a year. Okay. Now you, you mentioned, you know, you bought the place in DC and you know, D.C. is one of the areas that's going through a lot of gentrification. What is your opinion of gentrification? Hmm. I've always had a funny, funny feeling about gentrification. However, um, typically, I mean, typically I don't have the same opinion as most people because I step back and really look at it. And it's interesting, like when I just told you about moving into this area, when I first bought it, I wasn't comfortable. Um. So what's happened since that five years ago, what's happened is a bit of gentrification. And from my perspective, what has happened is um, slumlords have sold their properties to new owners, owners like me, because I was one of the guys who bought one of those properties five years ago. And those new owners have upgraded those properties and put them back on the market for a higher rate. Um, in my opinion, that's, that's what causes gentrification. I mean, of course, the government has its hand in it. But what it looks like is my unit right now, right? I have a two unit building here in the Northeast. 
where I did have a woman who didn't pay any rent on her own. She had a substance. I'm sorry. She had a um, had an issue and she was getting uh, assistance. Um, and then I had a second renter in the same situation. But after I renovated my place, now I do Airbnb and I rent to a guy who's in cybersecurity. So essentially, I've upgraded my property and I've rented it to people who can pay more. I think that's gentrification, man. I, either I'm a gentrifier or either I'm a gentrifier or uh, or I'm not. I don't know. So the way I feel about it is it's just progress in a community. It's really not much we can do to prevent it. If we see, if we want to see a community grow and get better, it's really not much we can do to prevent it. Now that's not touching all the cultural issues. Uh, we can get go deep on the cultural issues, the neighborhood, and how that affects the neighborhood's culture. But when it comes down to the money, many things just come down to the money. How can I prevent an owner from selling his property to somebody who wants it? Right, I understand that. You say, but you said now it's an Airbnb. Is that what you're doing with the property? Yeah. So, so downstairs. Um, the first unit I do Airbnb and that's short-term rentals. Um, multiple reasons why I do that. Um, I did the first year and a half, the first two years, actually regular renters. I was sued. Um, I got at least three renters didn't pay me anything beyond the first and second month. And the lady who was in here when I bought it, she sued me for $600 of her $1,200 deposit after she destroyed all of my appliances. So I had terrible experiences with the renters out here. So I said I went straight Airbnb and it's been it's been sweet since. You said so that how does I, I kind of know how Airbnb works, but you said it sounds like you actually got like a long-term Airbnb. So Airbnb is really flexible, right? So I can have a unit like I have downstairs and say, hey, only two to three nights stays exclusively, and I can set that limitation in my app. But what I've done is I've set a limit of 60 days. I mean, you can't move into my spot unless you stay in for two months or more. That's because I just didn't have time to flip it. Um, so essentially, it's just like a hotel. You can you can come and go as many days as I allow. Uh, but the tenants that I have now are staying for six months. So it's oh, really okay. let me let me let me make sure I'm clear. You said they have to stay a minimum of sixty days. That's the way I've set my app up. Yeah, a minimum oh. of sixty days right now because. I was heading out of the country and I was actually heading out of the country again in a couple of weeks. And I don't want to have to deal with flipping a property and deal with those tenant issues uh, that come with checking in and checking out while I'm not in the country. Oh, you actually headed out of the country. Yeah. I'm headed back to Ghana in uh, well next week, week after next Tuesday, the 21st. You know, let's talk about that. You, you, Cause I know you've been before. What was your, what was your experience like in Africa? Well, for a smooth transition, I'll mention I'm setting up an Airbnb over there. But the reason why I went initially is because my one of my good brothers, um, my god brother, um, was going over there for a real estate investment. He's a developer here in D.C. He was going over there to, ex- you know, expand his business. I went over there just to do that with him. He said we're gonna hit up a couple of nightclubs, look at some real estate. I said I'm game. Let's go. So, I went over there, met up with some really really inspiring people, really great people doing business over there and uh, fell in love, fell in love with the people, fell in love with the, um, the space and just the opportunities there are so, so great. Um, our money is like five and a half times there. So a dollar in their CD in their money is called CDs and our money is $5, you know, and their money is 550 and our money is just a dollar. If you get what I'm saying. Okay. So you actually going there for business. You setting up real estate there. Yeah. This would be my third trip. In about a year, in about 
a year and a half. Wow! Congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. You said thank you said an Airbnb over there too. Yeah. So the woman that uh, I met when I was over there, she's seventy-seven. So ain't nothing happening with that. But she's um, she owns about an acre of property right off the beach, and she was looking for somebody to partner with her and build a few retirement homes. So essentially she's building condos over there, but her target market is uh, near retirees, 55 and older Americans that want to move over to Ghana. So I partnered with her on that. And she has one structure on the property already that I'm setting up for Airbnb. Wow. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, there's just so many opportunities like that in Ghana right now. I have a boy who I met. He has a 13-room resort there on the beach, um, just about a quarter mile from her property. And uh, we, we chatted for a while before I invested. And his place is booked near 100%, um, near 100% of the time. So he's expanding quickly. So when she presented me that opportunity, I just, I knew it was a great deal. Wow. Man, that's exciting. Yeah, man. That's really exciting. And so how long is the flight? It's a real easy flight. You know, people just gripe and groan about the flight. It's a 10-hour flight. You get on the flight at 540 in the in the evening, and you're there in 10 hours. So you arrive at like 8 in the morning their time. Oh, it's only 10 hours? 10 hours, direct, straight from IAD. You land in Accra the next morning. Hmm. Yep. The easiest, one of the easiest places to get to, or the easiest place to get to in Africa right now. So do they have like a, I don't, I've been hearing, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've been hearing like they have some kind of like business exchange going on between Black Americans and, and Ghana. Is that true? Well, there are all types of uh, programs you can get into. Um, I know that there are different offices here under our government that have uh, programs where if I'm importing goods from Africa right now, there are certain goods that are uh, tax-free or import. Uh, fee-free. I, I don't know what they are offhand, but there's a whole list of those uh, items. If you buy them there and bring them here, you don't have to pay any import tax on them. But that's one uh, business um, agreement we have with Ghana or Africa as a whole. And actually in Ghana right now, there are several offices set up. If you were to expatriate and go to Ghana, they'll help you set up a business there. They'll help you bring your funds over to invest, I should say. Wow. Is this one Is this one of the programs you linked up with or you kind of did it on your independent it's man let me just say one thing that's sweet about going over to ghana is they look at you as if you have you know endless money they look i met with guys who have multi-million dollar businesses in ghana just off the fact that i'm american they figured that i had the resources to invest in their business so i've been able to meet meet the president um the minister of finance and some other folks and i'm moving back i'm going back over there next in the next couple weeks and I will be meeting with the offices that do those type of programs. I haven't met the, with them yet, but I will be meeting with them uh, this month. Man, it's, yeah. it's not like it's a whole different different culture. Like just just the whole respect level and admiration for like you as a man and your business acumen. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. If you want to start an airline, you can go to Africa and start an airline. If you got if you got the money, if you like, there's a woman who hit me up. She has a bakery. She needs $20,000 worth of equipment to open up a real deal bakery like this, quadruple her production size. And our money, man, it's only about $6,000. Oh. 
So it's uh, it's just the opportunities are endless over there. I, I want to say the Wild Wild West, but it's probably more akin to the gold rush. If if you have a few, I would say if you got 10 to 15,000, you really can go over there and set up a business and be great. If you look at Forbes, I think it's Forbes that puts out the list to where the uh, greatest number of millionaires we've made every year. Mm-hmm. This year is, it says Nigeria. And I think even years before, it's been countries in Africa. If you want to be an, a millionaire, like Akon said, you want to do it in Africa before you do it anywhere else. Is, is Africa somewhere you can actually consider yourself like moving, settling down? Yep. For two reasons. Number one, it's only a 10 hour flight, right? So it's not that far. It's not that far to get away. You go to sleep on a plane, you wake up, you're home. Um, Second of all, it's not a place of war. Like you never heard of any wars in Ghana, no unrest. Um, The people are real kind. Um, The government is stable. They have a law system. Like if you just sue somebody, it's all those programs are there. So yeah, Ghana and the weather is perfect. 365 days a year. You got the dry season and the rainy season, but the weather never gets super cold. So I can live with that. Man. Now, this is a topic that <laughs> I wanted to make sure that, you know, we got some clarity on it. And then I told you we would discuss this. Now, normally, normally I don't discuss politics, but yeah. something unique about you. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to talk about <laughs> it. You are one of the few black people I know who actually identify as a Republican. How did you, end, how did you, and how did that end up happening? how did you come to identify with that party? Right. I've always been an independent thinker. All right. Okay. So my first election in the year 2004, um, I listened to the candidates and I voted for Bush, the Republican. Okay. At the time, I think it was Kerry and Bush. Two thousand four uh, was yeah. Yeah, but no disrespect. I mean, I'm not going to say the issues, but there were several issues that Kerry was speaking on. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I, I, I'm not with that. And I listened to Bush talk. I said, yeah, he's not saying nothing too crazy. And I had no political background. My parents weren't political. My friends weren't political. I didn't watch political television. I just said, let me watch a couple of debates. And I said, I like what Bush is saying better than I like what Kerry's saying. So I voted for him. I can, you know what, and it's funny, like, because I remember, I remember, like, back in the day, me, I used to always help you about it. But then, as I got older, I was like, you know what, I, I, I owe, I think I owe him an apology for, <laughs> for actually, no, like, not just being ignorant, like, a lot of us, just picking Democrat. Now, listen, let me be clear. I don't really identify with the Republican Party, but I will say this. I was, when we and you used to go back and forth, I was ignorant. And the reason I'll say that is because I will vote blindly for Democrat. I never knew why I was voting for him. I never really paid no attention. I just would be like, oh, I'm going with the masses on this one. I'm going to take Democrat. That's how we all do, man. That's how, you know, I was registered Democrat just because the lady at the DMV was like, check Democrat. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She she saw you as a black man and said, all right, check Yep. And I always tell that story, man. It's crazy. I'm getting my driver's license said, okay, check Democrat, do this, do that. I was like, wow. Thinking back on that, this is how, that's how we become, it's just really a cultural, cultural thing. We don't even think about it. Uh, we don't man and that and see that's why lately i've been i've been um 
really quiet on politics because I don't like I have faith, especially now, dude. I have no faith in anybody. Yeah. Like none. Like <laughs> I would like everybody like, oh, we gotta get Trump out of there. Man, look, for what? Like, it, it, get him out of there for who? <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it, I don't put it like this. I don't, like, this is the thing. When you look at the crazy part about Trump, mm-hmm. you look at the economy, it's yeah. up. Yeah. And the reality is, that's, that's when it comes to picking a president, that's going to always trump anything with the economy looking like. Right. Let and me the tell you what. Strong. Exactly. I mean, it's growing on a large scale. It's growing on an individual level with unemployment rates. Um, employment is it's definitely growing. But this is what I'll say. I, I'm not one to defend Trump. I didn't vote for him. I would never call myself a Trumper, if you will. But <laughs> the way I look at it, man, and this is this is the issue with, um, I'll talk about the Black community in particular. Um, because we don't look at the issues, then we don't really know how to move when it's time to move. Right, so with Trump, for example, him getting in the office, I think it's put a fire under a lot of black people's behind. Like people going to Ghana, you know how many expatriates I meet in Ghana, people who just left in the last year or two, setting up businesses, um, establishing companies, people working together. Um, I have a friend who started an organization, the American Africans United. They've seen a huge response in people. Um, the African Union is coming back together. Uh, there's so many things that have happened because of the perceived evil in the White House, right? Okay. And if I look at that, and I say there's a lot of good things happening among us in the Black community because we're moving in response to that, I'm almost tempted to vote for him next time. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I said, it's going to get y'all, I was about to say the, the N-word, but if it's going to get y'all up, up and get to start working, going to school, doing things for yourself because you don't think it's going to um, be such a sweet, place to live in the next couple of years, then I'm all for it. I'm yeah. all, let's put them back in there. Get these folks up off their tails and make them <laughs> yeah. the work. You, man, look, it's crazy, but you're right because it's like, there's there, there seems to be more people, you know, feeling like, okay, I don't trust this dude, so I better get out and do for myself. Right. That's exactly how I feel, man. I'm. I'm like, I need to hit it hard and move quick because who knows if he starts another war, I need to be able to, you know, hop on a plane, go to Ghana and be good. And I need to be able to receive my family when they come. So yeah. and we don't we don't think like that, bro. We've been in America for so long, we don't really understand what, that war is real, that you know, warfare could reach our shores. We don't understand that the economic system is not, you know, it's not impermeable. Like we could really have a economic uh crisis here yeah but um i think we're getting more and more close to understanding that with trump in office like we're taking i think we're taking life more seriously in some respects yeah man you know me and you we've talked you know we've had sidebars and we talk offline about family and stuff like that and you've mentioned to me that you are now looking for a wife so what are some of like the what are the most like what are the important qualities for you that that your wife should have I mean, outside of a big butt and a pretty smile. <laughs> that's not a quality, guy. That's a physical attribute. Oh, that's not a quality, right. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, man, I just really, um, this may sound cliche, but I just want a girl who really loves me 
and I have to say one that really loves God, They're like strong in her faith. And I'll, I'll give you a qualifier. The first one is obvious. Like really, she needs, I would like a woman who's enamored with her husband. Explain like, me uh, that again. I, I like a woman who's really, um, I said enamored, but I'm looking for a better word. Like who's impressed by her husband, who, you know, loves to hear him talk, who loves what he's into. I want a woman who's into what I'm into and who's into me, right? It may sound selfish, but I want to be into what she's into as well. And I think it may be coming out of some recent relationships where I feel like I want to do life with somebody, but if they're not into what I'm into, right? If I'm talking about business and they can't even, you know, go to, you know, in a conversation with me, that's something I really want. So I want my wife to be really into me, really into what I'm into and vice versa. I want her to be in the same arena of business or something like that. So we can be, so I can find my Michelle Obama, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Oh, look at, look, at the, look at the Republican quoting the, wanting the Democrat. Hey, I like this show. <laughs> she was 25 years younger. <laughs> you know? But um, and the second thing, bro, I really, I really think that um, relation marriage today, bro, is just so all over the place. And I just want somebody who has some type of standard that they live by. So for me, I, my standard is is like the Christian Bible. Like I. I that's if I look for how to be a good husband, I look in the Bible. Like what's the Bible say about how a man should love his wife? And I want a wife who does the same thing. Because if we don't do that, who are we listening to? Like we're gonna try to be a wife according to, you know, what we see in movies. You know, what she what she following if she doesn't have that foundation. So I need a woman who loves me, what I'm into, and also loves God. That's yeah, that's definitely those are definitely necessary qualities. I think the big thing, man, is um you know, me being married, it'll be it'll be 17 years in March. And the, the biggest thing that that's that a marriage must have is like partnership. Now you say now people may say that sounds cliche, but the ironic thing is the reason a lot of marriages are failing is because there's not a lot of genuine partnerships. Yeah. Like you have to be you have to be solely invested in this person like you if you say you love them like you genuinely you genuinely love that person and you need to be invested in them as much as you invested in yourself right exactly because you know that's that's your that's your life partner like you know their moves you know their behaviors their actions they all affect you each each person it's a you know we're both we're individuals but we're coming together as a team so it's like when one moving wrong then it's going to affect the whole, it's going to affect the whole team. So it's like, right. you got to keep that in mind. Like you can't, you can't go into decisions only thinking about yourself. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen and I'm not saying that it's easy to do this, but right. you have to like, once you get married, you have to always think like, okay, this team wants and like, you know, before right. I make a serious move, I need to consult with my wife. And if you got a, you know, if you got a good woman, she got good quality, she got a good head on the shoulders. If you've, if you've made good sound decisions in your marriage, in your life, a woman will follow you. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I'm going to tell you something that really irritates me, right? <laughs> First of all, I, like sometimes, so like social media is good, but it's terrible at times too, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you have to like people always talk about. Oh, 
you know, the man should lead and, and we need to let these kings lead. Well, maybe he's not a king. <laughs> like, you know, you, he might not be a king or he might not be fit to lead. Like, you, yeah. you got people who really, you got men who really expect it, like, oh, because you, you're born a man, like, mm -hmm. it's your birthright to lead. No, dude, like, you earn leadership. That's with anything. You earn that. Like you have to, you have to prove to a smart woman. Now, a woman that's not so bright, yeah, she may follow you blindly. But a woman who, a woman got some good values, you know, she bringing something to the table. She's not just gonna blindly follow you, dude. You gotta, you gotta earn that. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, man. We got, we got a lot to learn, man. And uh, again, particularly in the, in the black community. If you look at the numbers today, in 68 to 70 percent of homes are raised are uh, single family homes, um, single parent homes. Yeah, it just shows you why we're in such a tough, tough situation, where you know men and um, you know we we have a lot of that in our family, where you know a lot of these young boys don't have fathers. Yeah, it's like how do you learn how to be a good father? How do you learn to be a good man? How do you learn how to show your wife leadership and love and respect? as an equal, but also provide that leadership. It's hard to learn those things on the fly when you haven't had that example for uh, 10, 20, 20 years. Yeah. So, it's really important, man. I, I'm so, so blessed to have had my dad in the home up until I was 17, 18, and then in my life, you know, thereafter. But um, yeah, I, I just recognize there's so many guys in my, in my circle that, didn't have it, and they they blown away when I tell them the types of things that my dad talked to me about when I was younger. They just didn't have it. So, what were some of the things he talked about that even today that 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 stick with you? Um, really, it's just uh, I guess any child, any person is emotional, right? One thing he taught us, he also taught us as a man, we gotta work, we got work to do, right? You may want to cry, you may want to pout, you may be disappointed because someone did something unfairly to you. But at the end of the day, you gotta make money and take care of your family, right? Like say you're at work, somebody lies on you, uh, you lose your job because of a lie. You can't sit back and, and whine about that, right? You can, you have to get up and make money for your family. Like your back could be hurting, you could be injured. You have to get up beyond the emotion, beyond the pain and do what you gotta do. And I think that was a really valuable lesson from my dad. That's, I mean, that helps me in so many different areas, man. Working out, um, business, uh, relationships, just that perseverance as a man. I think for me, even watching him today push through his, as he's aging through pains and things that he's going through, but he's still pushing forward and doing what he got to do. I think that's what we, um, I don't know, this is something that we as men, that's what he taught us we as men have to do. Yeah, I, 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 I and of course, I know your father. I mean, yeah. that's definitely commendable. Like, it's it, it just growing up. Like, you know, you, you know, you and the family, like that was one of the, you know, unfortunately, you know, you, you was one of the few who actually had a father in the home, a good, strong yeah. father that yeah. you know, set an example. So that definitely was a blessing, man. And I'm glad that you actually see the benefit of that. Yeah, definitely. Now, in closing, cause I, you know, I can't, I can't leave without talking about this because you actually, you actually stepped away from your job. You you went away from corporate America and now you work solely for yourself. Mm. So how important is it to have ownership 
as opposed to working for someone? Man, man, it's been it's been a serious, serious blessing, bro. And I have to filter myself a little bit because um actually I recently accepted a contract that has me on site um every day. Okay. Um, so Congratulations. Thank you, man. So I, I have other contracts, but I accepted a contract um that needs me on site from nine to five and I'm there for right now um at that time. But so ownership for me man, has given me so much flexibility. Um I remember December 2018 when my contract ended, one of my current contracts ended. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pick up no more business. I'm going to go to Ghana for three weeks. So I picked up, I just flew to Ghana and I was there for three weeks, meeting people, relaxing, chilling on the beach. And I just thought you, you just cannot do that if you work a traditional nine to five. If you don't own your own job, you don't own your own business, I mean, you just can't do things like that. Um, so owning my property, um, having other business ventures that I have, but not having a nine to five corporate America job isn't it's giving me so much freedom. Yeah, that that's great, man. Like, you know, I, I told you, you know, when, the, you know, before we started the interview and I'll say it again, man, I, I'm so proud of you, man. Just everything you're doing, like you just, just having this conversation with you, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you, but you know, you out here, you you experiencing different things in different countries. And I'm actually learning from you and I'm motivated by what you're doing. So man, thank you for the inspiration, man. I true, you know, you you may not know it, but you know, you inspire me and I'm sure you inspire any, you know, any all your friends and your family, those who know you. Like you really are inspiration because you out here doing things you're not just sitting back you out here making moves you're going to different countries stamping your passport so man you know i'm proud of you man i, I really am oh man that means a lot thank you thank you Cos. now be, before you you know do you now i don't know how you know um are you do you want people to follow you on social media i don't i know you do the real estate i don't know how that works yeah i'm really to be honest i'm really underground I don't mind. If, <laughs> anybody can follow me, send me requests uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those um, platforms on the same same handle, P-J-W-A-T-T-Y. Um, pretty much any social media, you'll find me at P-J Waddy. Um, and I don't mind. If someone wants to get in contact with me, they can get in contact with me. Even Gmail, Hotmail, Yahoo, I'm P-J Waddy. Okay. Again, man, thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. You know, I know you're doing a lot of things. You're getting, which I didn't even know before today, you're getting ready for this trip to Africa. So I know that's going to eat up a lot of your time and you got this new contract. So I greatly appreciate the time that you gave me. Hey, bro, I really appreciate you inviting me on. Thank you. This is my first podcast. It was a good oh, time. Man, you need to do more, man. You got, a, you got a great story. You got a great work ethic. You got some things to talk about. You, you know, you need to get yourself more out there more often. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I will. I'm thinking about it. I'm yeah, you need to, man. Get, let more people know. You know, we we need to hear more brothers going to Africa to do business instead of yeah. down, down the street doing some crazy network marketing scheme where you got to sign up six people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to follow in your footsteps, man. Some uh, Several people told me to start a podcast, so. You, you, I'm, you I'm know what? About- I'm going to tell you, man. You should. I, I think, you know... Just because of what you're doing, like we have to, we have to change the narrative. Like we, we getting too many people. Like we from the same, you know, we from the same background, from the same city. So 
all we, you know, we're only, when we were coming up, we just see athletes and ball players, but we're not, you know, people are not telling us, hey, go into business. Yeah. Go into STEM programs, you know, do things yeah. that you could do the rest of your life. You can be one, you're not going to be an athlete your whole life. And two, right. the odds of making it is, you know, it, it's really low. I mean, some people make it and it's not to, you know, it's not to, uh, you know, get in somebody's way or stunt on their dream. It's just, you know, you got to look at the numbers. The yeah. Like the reality, you know. a lot of people are not going to make it in sports. So you need to have a, a backup, you know, something that you can do, you know, like yourself, you, you setting up, you know, you setting up wealth for people behind you, your kids, you know, things like that. That's what's important. I mean, you going to bat, you know, going to, you know, playing basketball, football, that's good. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good thing, but it's like, after that whistle stop, you know, what's yeah. next? <laughs> it's vitally important, man. And, I, and you know, we got family that's heavy in music. I'll add to that, that list. Yeah. Uh, you can be an amazing musician, an amazing producer, but there's probably a billion of them out here. Yeah. And uh, it's tough. And, you know, we believe, we believe in people, we push them, we support and all that stuff. But you, I just feel like you got to have a, a, a plan B. And because uh, I know amazing rappers, amazing singers who just rap and sing on the weekends at, you know, karaoke, <laughs> you know, ain't getting no money for it. Yeah, yeah, you know that it's it's good to do it. It's good to do it because you love it. But at some point, you know, you gotta start thinking about something else. And again, it's just it's the same route. Everybody's taking that same route. Like that. That that overdone. (laughs) Yeah, I felt basic. Like somebody asked, "Do you want to be a singer?" I said, "I sing." Right? I sing at church and do other things at weddings and things. But I just felt. I don't want to be a performer, number one, but second of all, I just feel basic. Like I had creating a CD, an EP that nobody's listening to, you know, pushing my stuff. I mean, I, I do believe that if you believe in yourself, go for it, do it. But I think to your point, just have a backup plan. Like go to school for accounting and sing, sing on the weekends while you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year as an accountant, you know? Yeah. You, but again, man, you're doing so much, man. You don't need to be no damn singer. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's funny we didn't we didn't touch on this but i did i may have a lot to say about race and things like that we kind of touched on the gentrification but i think one of the things on this subject of making something out of yourself professionally um that's one of the things i realized we don't do any um we don't do any research beyond what's put before our eyes on average that's the average person right and I'm not going to say any other race is better than us. They just get all those things put before them at a young age and they make a better, just make decisions like that. But we don't get those choices put before us. But that can't be an excuse. That's, that's one of the lessons my dad told me. No excuses. Regardless, no excuses. Like, I can't turn 50 years old and say, oh, man, I never knew that I could be an oceanographer and make $150,000. I never knew that I could do this. The information is available to us. And we can't make no excuses for it. The information is out there. We got to make moves. Yeah, you man, you hit the, you you hit the nail on the head. It's a lot of information out here. It's it's no reason. Like I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm really glad you know that we had this conversation. Like I didn't like I didn't know about the 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 you know the trips to Ghana. You know, first of all, when you hear Africa, you thinking, oh man, that's all across the world. You talking about six? You talking about ten hours? Hell, I, it took me six to be here. 
Right. <laughs> so you add another four, you yeah. know, you're in Africa. You could be doing business. So again, man, I'm I'm just so I'm just so glad that we had this conversation because I just hope somebody hears it besides me. You know, I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna share, you know, I'm gonna share the podcast and I hope you share it as well. But people just need to hear like, okay, there's other avenues. You can do business in Ghana. You don't have to just stay here and do business. You like the world. There's so many opportunities that we don't even know about. Hell, I didn't know about that until you just mentioned it. That's it, man. You don't have to stay and struggle to start a business in Maryland or D.C. or Virginia. You can go over to Ghana and do it. It'd be 10 times easier. Hey, well, you know, again, man, thank you. Thank you for your knowledge, man. Thank you for sharing that. And look, again, man, cuz. I love you and, and, and I really and I really admire and respect everything you're doing, man. I truly do. Man, because I love you, man. You don't know it, but you stepped me up tonight, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, that's what we're here for. We're going to keep continuing to motivate each other and we're just going to keep doing this and we'll continue to network and help each other out because that's what it's all about. All right. All right, big All right. And thank you all for listening to the podcast and you all have a great day.